This is Adam Francis, and you're listening to the Equipped Indoor Podcast on the E2E Radio Network. Stand by for a great show. Hey guys, we're back for another great episode of the Equipped Indoor Podcast, episode 413. E2E Podcast, of course, is brought to you by Dogwood Customized. Check out dogwoodcustomized.com. Uh, dealers at USA Made Blades, Edgeworks at Edgeworks Online, and Arizona Custom Knife. And also Live Fire Gear LLC, guys. Check out livefiregear.com. Uh, right now, zipper pools are a little bit back ordered, fellas, so I will warn you. Everybody is uh, really loving those. And uh, so that means they're back ordered. <laughs> but, wow, a, a product that did un- unexpectedly well, and now you're back ordered? Yeah. Well, we just <sighs> we just ordered 10,000 little clippy things so just the boys are are there you know making those things and those are like the hardest product that we make <laughs> like the most difficult it takes to make those things like time time consuming so uh they're they're loving life right now <laughs> Gee, i took the boys to take your kid to work day uh the other day yeah and uh i'm thinking about pulling them out of school i oh. think at fifth grade they've had enough learning and yeah. it's time for them to to start the family business. Well, well, we'll get into that topic here soon. I know you want to. Well, you don't have, really have any more news to talk about that, do you? Not yet. Uh, well, there's there's a stink nearby that I could talk about. Okay. All right. Well, before we uh, get started, any news and everything, of course, uh, your host for the E2E podcast is myself, Adam Francis. That was Mr. Dan Eastland. And then, of course, Mr. Robert Oliver. Robbie, how are you, sir? Is he gone already? Oh, it's going to be one of those kind of podcasts. No, nah, it was just Robbie. <laughs> it was just Robbie not knowing how to work a meat <laughs> I already made him angry, Dan. <laughs> oh, sweet. I don't even need this gallon of gasoline. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, Robbie, what's going on, man? How are you doing? Doing well, man. Your, your truck's going to get fixed soon. Did we talk about your truck? In your, in... I thought it was totaled. Well, it was on the line, and uh, it was touch and go, and then finally the insurance company called me and said, what do you want to do, because we can go either way. And I said, fix it, please. Nice. Robbie came running in there with a paddle in each hand. Clear! (laughs) Live! Don't die on me, Riggs. Um, (laughs) Yeah, man. So So it goes to the shop next week. So the monster hailstorm. Robbie, you have some issue with weather, man. I don't know what it is. You and Weather don't get along very well. You must it have, follows me. You must have pissed off Weather in a past life. <laughs> Probably. Anyway, uh, so anything else going on new with you besides uh, the vehicle repair, Robbie? No, nah, not at the moment. Nothing I can discuss. Okay. Dan, what about yourself? Um, well, as if trying to keep up with one knife company not, wasn't enough, uh, a second one is on its way. I know. That that will be my discuss my gear pick of the week. Oh really? That's right. That's kinda cheating. Isn't yeah. It? Well you know what, man? So so the check but, cleared. But let me no, the check the check, <laughs> the check didn't clear. Um I actually maybe I don't know. I'll have to ask I'll have to ask the, the boss about that one. No, you know what it is? And I'm not trying to blow uh, you know, sunshine up your rear, but you know, I've been kind of in a funk here recently. There's a lot of stuff going on with the family, as you guys know. A lot of other responsibilities that have kind of been placed um, at my feet that have taken me away from being out to get out in the field and everything uh, with family members. You guys have, you know, we've talked about that previously. So it's just it's just difficult to get out in the field and do something. And then, you know, Rob, you know this when when you're just tired and everything, the last thing you want to do is is pack up a bunch of gear and get out in the woods, regardless of how much you need it. 
Um, but that knife came in the mail yesterday, and I woke up and off of my shift, and I saw it, the, the box on the, the kitchen uh, counter. Pam just picked up the mail, and she was actually out taking my daughter to the bus, and I popped it out of the box, and I was like, hmm. So then I was out in my backyard in my pajamas, true story, playing around with this, and then I was like, hmm, I need to go uh, get dressed real quick and walk out in the woods. And so I, I ran upstairs and got dressed and, and came back out and walked down into the woods and started grabbing some uh, some fall and doing some uh, batoning with it and some slicing and some cutting and just carving a little bit with it, just out there playing in the woods with it, Dan. So I thank you for that. That inspired me to, to get up off my butt and, and go do some stuff out in the woods. Now, if only I would brought my camera to share it with the world, <laughs> everything would have been perfect, but it was having too much fun uh, just kind of going out there and, and playing around with it. So, yeah, I, I enjoyed it a lot. So, And, of course, we're talking about the new production Echo 5 uh, that will be coming out soon. Are we still calling it the Echo 5, or does it have a different name? Uh, the variation you got is actually, I think we're going to call that the Echo 7. Okay. Uh, as you notice, there's some changes. There are some changes. I really love uh, that uh, that tip. Yep. Very nice. Uh, so, uh, so, and I think the new company is going to be Heritage. Uh, we're gonna call it Heritage Blade Door Blade Works. Nice. Very happy, Robbie. Have you got a chance to partake in playing with one of those yet? I'm sure you have. I have not played with the finished product. I've played with the prototypes on the way there. Mm-hmm. Um, so you, I, I'm gonna tell you, Adam, you're live on air, so that. You know, I can get credit for this. Oh God, I'm gonna pay for this. No, 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 no. All your all your talking junk about how you get left out and all. Mm-hmm. I actually had the opportunity to have that knife either sent to me or sent to you. <laughs> I, he's actually telling the truth on that one. And I, and I said, send it back. <laughs> Oh. Actually, you said Adam's being a whiny little bee. If you'd send him a bone, it, I'd appreciate it. <laughs> All of it. That's probably true. That's, That's probably not true. Completely true. <laughs> but it's not not true. So uh, it, it's nice. It's not 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 true. <laughs> I, I actually want you to, Dan. I, I want you to make me a custom one of those um, with wood handles and a tapered tang. Whenever you have a free free uh, year to work on that, I'm, I'm being serious. Like I, I I like that the the blade so shape think, changes. You think with a, a taper tang and and a uh, and wood scales that's that's going to be something you could see yourself like actually carrying, Adam. I wore I wore that knife on my belt all day long yesterday. I, I mean it, it just the only reason that I would want the wood and the taper tang is I'm kind of getting to this really lightweight um, focus right now with my gear. It's I'm just being I mean it's not that it's necessary. No, well, actually, I was going to ask: Is your heart set on a tapered tang, or do you? Or is it the? Do you want the tapered tang to show that it's a tapered tang, or do you want want I, to change the balance? I just want to change the balance a little bit. I just want a little bit more, more you know, neutral in the weight. Yeah. Yeah. Well, to do that, I can raise the grind and drill the tang, mm-hmm. and that'll take weight off equally off of either end. Mm-hmm. So you keep the balance the way it is, but we strip out a noticeable amount of weight. I would love to try that. Because uh, it's apart from cutting more efficiently, that's one of the beautiful things about a high grind is it takes away a lot of the weight. But for the sake of uh, anyone listening, that's not something you plan on doing with all the production knives out there. That's just oh, something no. you're offering to <laughs> yeah. Adam as a friend, right? Well, no, that that is a custom version of that knife. Right. right. You have to you, you 
You have to buy a custom knife to get that. And you got to be able to go to Dan's house and, and help him in the shop to produce a knife like a knife request like that, guys. So let me just put yeah. that out there. Yeah, there will be a lot of sanding in Adam's future. <laughs> yeah, I'm all right with that. Definitely. Uh, the boys were so f- frustrated. Uh, I had some steel that really had it really needed some attention. It had a lot of low spots in it. Mm-hmm. And they're sanding and hand sanding and hand sanding. And uh, I let it go for a while. And finally, I went into the grind room, put a flat platen on the grinder, uh-huh. flattened out a couple of pieces, came back out and set them on the uh, bench. And uh, I almost got cut with my own knife. <laughs> Is that one of those like, they, they look down? <laughs> their mouths open a little bit. They look up. Their eyes squint with anger. They look back down. They look back up. And they're yeah. like, and they ask themselves that question: Is it time? <laughs> Is it time for me to take out the old man? Yeah. So, Do I think I can take the alpha today? Yeah, yeah. And there was even that they cut their eyes at each other. Yeah, yeah. You, you down for this? You know, I'll go left. You go right. Let's flank the old man. So, all right. Well, that's that sounds good. And we'll talk a little bit more about gear here. Uh, but first, let's uh, do a little news. Um, and of course, is there anything in the news? <sighs> yeah. Nothing relevant is happening in the news, in my opinion. What are you talking about? They invented warp drive. Oh yeah, I did send you that link. <laughs> oh wait, is that that uh, microwave particle engine that is like the the massless drive? No, they well, they they made a they they think they made a warp field bubble by accident because they got some particles that traveled faster than the speed of light. Ooh. Um, you know. They they were trying to build an engine, Dan, yep. and had no idea. In warp drive wasn't even on the radar, so they build the engine, they turn it on, and and then go, oh crap, what was that? Yeah. They built an improbability drive. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Maybe. So uh, let, let's talk a little bit about about Baltimore. Um, this is a this is a uh, a topic that's kind of near and dear to me, literally. Um, are, are we going to talk about their traditional crab cake recipes? I do love a good. You know, it's funny, man. Like people from that aren't from Maryland, you know, they don't know what Old Bay is, and it's like crazy to Marylanders. Like Old Bay is. Uh, it, oh, they put it on French fries. I mean, yeah, we put it on. Mayo. We put it on everything. We, we we do put. I mean, like it's, it's, it's oh, for, as it's like salt and pepper. For our southern listeners, uh, that's the Yankee version of Zatarans. No, Zatarans. Yeah. Zatarans is yeah. different. Zatarans is different. <laughs> I mean, I love I love the uh, Tony Shashri's too, man. Don't you know? Don't get it wrong. Tony but, what? Never mind. Tony Shashri. Isn't that what it is? <laughs> yeah, that's what it is. Um. Anyway, so and and uh, our crab hey, our crab legs Satcher, are hot. Yeah. Well, I'm sorry. What? Our, our crab our crab our crab legs are, are served hot. Um. I don't know why people have cold crab legs. That's that's the stupidest thing I've ever crab seen. Crab legs or crab cakes? No legs. Like when you you know when you eat crabs, crabs are hot. You know, you don't Ours eat cold crabs. No, yeah. I, dude, I was I was out someplace and they had cold crab legs. I was like, what the hell is this? And yeah, like, they heard your accent and they didn't like you. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> maybe. So if, if you had had my accent and ordered that, they'd have been served hot. No, this was out west. Oh, uh, well. They, they, had, they, had, they looked at me like I like, had two heads. Out west, they think barbecue's made out of beef, so they're, they're very confused out there. So, anyway. Well, it's a funny story. So, so uh, – Pam and I went on a vacation. We went out west, right? And little did we know, when we were leaving, like my best friend, like growing up, was coming to the same place, right? And like we kind of like, I, this is before Facebook and text messages were really prevalent. And I just happened to give him a call. I'm like, hey man, he's like, oh, we, we know we're just getting in town. I'm like, cool. Well, Pam and I went to this restaurant, you know, and they served 
crab legs and I, and I picked up the crab leg and I had it and it was cold and like I spit it out and I was like it's cold and she's like well maybe it's supposed to be cold I was like no it's not supposed to be cold and fast forward three days later my buddy went to the exact same restaurant had the exact same experience and said the exact same thing to his you know, now wife uh, so we, we get, and he got back. I was like, yeah, man, we went to the restaurant. They had cold crab legs. I was like, yeah. I was like, yes. They're not supposed to be cold. I was like, that's what I said. <laughs> so anyway, back to uh, let's talk about Baltimore. And um, as you guys know, uh, some riots in Baltimore the uh, night before last and the night before before last. And uh, it's it's pretty it's, – it's some crazy stuff. Um, and it's hard to – wrap your head around the logic in it and you know I don't want to make this a big political thing I think this is kind of a social thing I don't think necessarily it's a race thing or a social economic thing I think it has to do with the culture of um, I don't entitlism the culture of anger and and how our society is uh, de-evolving um uh- and I, I'm just, I, I'm just, I'm so, you know, and, and, the, and the funny thing is, is that, is that the, of course, this is a hot button topic in my community because, you know, I, I grew up in a suburb of Baltimore. Um, I still live 40 minutes from Baltimore. I still have family that works and lives around Baltimore um, and friends and stuff like that. And it, it's, you know, first off, I, 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 I challenge anybody who, who thinks that to be displeased with this um, is some kind of race issue. I think that's absurd. And I think that anybody who, who instantly falls into that ridiculous circular, circular argument of, you know, you're just a racist or whatever because you, you're displeased with the reaction that people are having that it's not going to solve any, any issues is ridiculous. And I'm, and I'm like, I, I can't even have a conversation with somebody who, who goes to that level. Um, you know, it, it's, it's just stupid. Uh, Dan, you wanted to say something before I got into my tyrant? Uh, I was just going to say that since this is a uh, a preparedness and outdoor show, mm-hmm. rather than talk about the political implications, I would start with what about those guys that were at the basketball or at the baseball game or about to go into the baseball game and suddenly found themselves in an urban environment in a dangerous area. Uh, so, so yeah, it's like a war zone. I mean, I, I don't even know where to where to start with that. It's just like it, it's it's getting to the it, it it does. You know, and Robbie and I had this conversation a, a few weeks ago about the practicality of of some of the things that we do. You know, is it is it not practical? Is it practical? You know, being prepared at what part is it overboard? And it, I kind of had the same argument when I do with when I carry. Every time I stop carrying off duty, something happens to somebody in my department. You know, um, late clock. You know, we had one guy that was carjacked. Uh, you know, this is down at D.C. He, he was carjacked in D.C. and he had his, you know, had his weapon on him. And you know, but it's, it's, it's one of those things that it, it's just, it's always appropriate to be prepared. To, you know, know your surroundings. I mean, it's funny. My wife wanted to go to the Baltimore Zoo last weekend. And I'm like, are you out of your mind? <laughs> now, this is before the riots broke out. You know what I mean? And I was like, I was like, I was like, heck no, I'm not going to Baltimore Zoo. Have you seen? You see the powder keg that's going on right now? And she's like, well, I didn't know. You know, and that's okay. I'm not, there's nothing against her, but it's just that, you know, we well, all it, have this assumption that oh, it's it's fine. It's just the same normal bullcrap. Um, and this isn't anything new. This is something that happens every so often. 
you know, every 30, 40 years, there's some kind of riot or civil unrest or something, you know, it, it's the, it's the, you know, apex of the, the, the social upheavals. Yeah, you, well, you always got to be, you got, you always got to be prepared and, and be aware of that situations like that. An awareness is a great point. I mean, the, the first step to getting yourself out of trouble is being aware that it's there. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so Robbie, I, I guess you don't even want to talk about this, do you? <laughs> I mean, I can, I, I don't care. I, <laughs> I, it just, I, I, I can't understand. And I the guess problem, the, I guess the reason I, I find it disheartening and hard to talk about Adam mm-hmm. is this is not a Baltimore problem. It's not, it's not a Baltimore problem. It is a problem with the social, the, 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 the social conscience we have now. Yeah. As a whole, yeah. I I don't like to make it like you know. I, I've said this before, and I'll say it again. And those people who know me personally, I have some very conservative ideas, and I have some very liberal ideas. Um, I have some very social liberal ideas, but you know, you know, I don't, I don't care. There's certain things that I believe in privacy, and like that's your business. You, you know, as long as you're not hurting anybody, you can go ahead and do what you want to do. Um, it's not my place to judge. Or, or make you conform to a certain lifestyle that I believe in. I mean, that's the beauty of, of, of freedom. And, and, and unless, whatever. of course, you disagree with me. And, but no, I mean, unless, of course, you're, you're hurting yourself or, or a child or, you know, somebody else. I mean, that's just, yeah. it, like, like, I'll give you an example. You know, there's, uh, you know, I have some elderly grandparents right now. And, you know, we've had the conversation. We're making uh, room for them to move in with us to, to, to care for them um, when and if that time is needed. Uh, where some people want to put their parents in some kind of assisted living, um, and there's there's a debate about you know which is the better to do you know there's and I see the arguments and the points on both sides, but when it comes down to it, it's ultimately a personal choice or a, a choice that you that you do with your family, um, you know, and 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 what that person wants. I don't think there's a right or wrong answer. There's a maybe there's a right or wrong application of how you make those choices, but when it when it comes down to it. Um, I do think that there there's flaws in both both polarized political theories that are standing right now, and I'm not a fan of the two-party system anyway. But I I will say that you know this has this has been a city that has had a disproportionate um, political mindset for a number of years and I think that is now reaping the the woes of that disproportionate political system um, as same as Detroit is you know and I think that's what does that mean I mean like you know like it th- th- this it is a hundred percent ultra you know ultra left uh, culture you know I mean and, and it and there's no balance and that okay. uh, and, and, I, and that's like that's my and big here- Go ahead. Here, here is where this all, all this crap about talking about this shit loses steam for me. Yeah. And, and I just completely walk away from the conversation. I cannot believe. I can't believe at all mm-hmm. that the ultra left mm-hmm. or the ultra right or the ultra high or an ultra low. I can't believe anybody can justify the type of violence where rioters cut fire hoses to firemen who are inside buildings fighting yeah. fire. Yeah. You know, that that is not an ultra left political problem. Well hold on, let's talk about the intellectual 
capability that it takes to. Hey, I don't. I don't. Fi- I don't a think fire in my neighborhood. A I, building I don't think in my neighborhood a, is burning down, and I'm going to cut the hose. I don't think it's ultra left. What I'm saying is, is that, is that the the culture of appeasement that is associated with that mindset leads down to a position where you're you're married to your poor decisions. Yeah, and you're, you're, I mar- think that you're married. You're married. A social and cultural problem, not a political one. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I, I agree with that. But I, I think that you. I think that you. When you when you quit beating children. <laughs> like that. Back when, like back that mom. Like that mom that, that, was, children, that was smacking her son these around. Problems. Like her mom that was smacking that son around. She's my. Oh, like she's that. my hero. Hero. I know. Um, she. Yeah. That, that was awesome. That, that kid wasn't getting arrested for his fifth possession charge. No. No. And I, and I, I mean it, you know it, it sucks too because I, I mean I know I know people from West Baltimore that area. I mean, I got some good friends from that area. I mean, and you know, it's, it's funny. We, we, when we get together, we always make a joke. Like they're like, man, you know how many people, you know, I got, I got friends in West Baltimore that drive all the way up to Frederick's for cookouts and whatnot. And we always joke about like, you know, like, Oh man, this is like coming out here is like going to a different country from people from West Baltimore. They never leave West Baltimore. You know, like those people were born in that area and just live in West Baltimore. And that's all they know. And it, and it kind of, it kind of sucks. And I, and I feel bad for that situation. You know that you know it, it's such a narrow worldview, and I understand that my worldview is only as wide as as the experiences that I've had, and I've been fortunate enough to have a wider, you know, v- variety of experiences to to you know increase my worldview and increase my capability of of the paradigms that I can have. But you know, back to what I was saying, Robbie, I don't think that it's a it's a ultra left political that problem. It is a culture that comes from that because I think that once you start making concessions to certain ethical standards once you know there there is some there is some soft universal truths and what i mean by that is you know i'm not a hard line that says you know th- this is wrong just because the bible said it's wrong well you know what? there's a lot of contradicting stuff in a lot of in a lot of you know doctrine wherever you go you know and, and ultimately Hypocrisy is a price we pay for our ideals. If we keep on reducing it to a certain level, we're going to get into a, you know, a ethical contradictor, contradiction. That, that's just going to happen, you know. But you know, we all know what's right and we all know what's wrong. We might not always know how to define it, but when we see it, we know it's right or wrong, you know. And I just I, I can't understand why there isn't more outrage. And people holding their community more accountable for what you're saying, man. You know, like I, I watched the news yesterday, and I hear people saying, "Oh, you know, this is an opportunity for hopefulness," and blah blah blah. I'm like, are you are you kidding me? People are cutting fire hoses for, and 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 first responders are in danger. And I got a, you know, one of my good friends is is, you know, he's not a, he's a firefighter from another county. He's not even Baltimore County, and he had to, he had to show up to Baltimore yesterday for work. You know, and it's just it it, I I. I can't understand why there's not a public shunning of the community to those who would 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 um, do those things, you know. And I like you know I'm sorry, but if my neighbor came home with you know a couple you know flat screen TVs and and broken shit because they went looting, I'd be on the phone with the police, man. I, 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 I at that I, point, if my neighbor tried to cut a fire hose. While they were putting out a fire in my neighborhood, I'd beat him. I, I mean, it, it's it's. I mean, I, I don't I don't I don't understand why I don't understand why 
this behavior is, you know, I, I, and I hope I, I would I would volunteer to go down there and help in the investigation to go through every iPhone picture, Instagram picture of people looting or whatever and try to match them up so that charges can be brought against everybody in that looting situation, in that riot situation, every one of them, you know. And you know, I've, I've given you guys my opinion on on looting before. That it, I, wait, I, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Yeah, you're gonna bring up charges on them, okay? Yeah. Then what? What what happens next? That's true. I mean, <laughs> uh, you're gonna put them in the same damn prison with their buddy that he would have been doing the same thing if he'd have been out. Yeah. Um, they're gonna go in there and be on vacation for a little while and come back out. They'll probably learn a few tricks while they're in there. <laughs> that is you know, the same ability to tie your freaking underwear around your face so the guards can't hit you on camera. That'll be very helpful when they hit the streets again so the news media can't tell which thug it was burning something. Uh, I don't know. I don't know this. I don't know the solution to it. You know. I do. I do know the solution. Shoot, and nobody shoot, shoot uh, rioters on scene or looters shoot on scene. Shoot their freaking asses. The same. <laughs> The same thing I've been screaming for years is a wonderful cure for pedophilia and murderers. You know, I've, dead people don't repeat offend. There's some evidence to show that uh, when Europe was falling during World War II, mm-hmm. uh, when you uh, when the USGI shot looters on site, yeah, there was a significant decrease in looting in every case. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I guess, I guess it's it's one of those things you you, you gotta you don't want me on this wall, you know. I mean, you you want me on this wall, you need me on this wall, type of uh, situations. Yeah, I, and and, I, and that's kind of what I guess it comes down to is ultimately you end up having to be the bad guy to be the and, to be the good guy, right? And and just to be clear, that is not the world I want to live in. Yeah. But I'm not looting either. Yeah. yeah. You know, I I I don't do those type things. That thing you were talking about earlier that when you see it you just know it's wrong yeah i've got that so i don't do that kind of stuff and no the the world where those people have to be shot is not the world i want to live in but i'm willing to shoot those people so that my kids don't have to live in that world and just out of curiosity uh baltimore has some pretty strict uh firearms laws (laughs) are you kidding me like maryland is one of the worst firearms states in the country (laughs) So if for whatever right, let, reason, let me, let me give you an example. Let me give you a ridiculous example, right? So I went uh, when I was a Maryland resident. I became a Pennsylvania resident. Now I'm a Maryland resident again, and I and I do love my state. I love Maryland. You know, I, I'm not. You know, yes, there's some issues with the laws and, the, and some of the political stuff that I don't agree with, but I do love my state, and I do feel fortunate that my that I have what I have. What is state. it? What is it about your state that you like? The geography. I, I, I like I, I mean I like the geography I like the history I like I, you know I like the areas in Baltimore I mean in, in Maryland I mean t- to be honest they, with you there's, you, there's you like everything it used to be yeah I mean I, I will say this if if Maryland split up into two states and there was Western Maryland and Eastern Maryland or whatever and like the Frederick County line I would very rarely go to to any of the you know like anything past Howard County I probably wouldn't go. I mean, I, I do like Annapolis. It's fun to go down every once in a while, but it's it's kind of a a touristy type town. It's not really like a you know nice town. And I do like to go to Baltimore every once in a while, you know. But it, it's funny about Baltimore. It's like the only place you really go is the harbor, 
you know, and, and maybe Little Italy, which is, you know, not very far away from the harbor. Um, but it's, So you only go to the places that haven't been ruined. Yeah. I mean, it's, but, that's, but that's the same with D.C. There, there's, there's you places, only go to the places that are like they used to be. Yeah, and there's places in D.C. Like that haven't been, <laughs> that have never been repaired since the Martin Luther King riots, you know? Um, I mean, that's just, it, it is what it is, unfortunately. Um, and I don't, and I, and I don't know the solution to it. I mean, I guess I can say the solution is education, educate everybody. But you know, the way that the government educates people, it's ridiculous. And you know, having family members in the in the education field, I don't even. It's a whole other conversation, you know. But anyway, uh, back to the gun laws. So you know, I walk into a gun store. I'm a I'm a sworn police officer. I have a gun on me right then and there, and I and I'm buying a firearm. And they're like, ah, oh, yeah, there's an eight day coin day coin down period. And I'm like, excuse me. He's like, yeah, there's an eight-day coin down period. We're not allowed to give you your weapon. You have to come back in like eight days to make sure this, you know, you don't use this weapon for a crime of passion. And I and I pull out my credentials. Like, well, you realize I'm a police officer and I have a gun on me right now, so that doesn't really make sense. He's like, yeah. He's like, I could give it to you, but then like I would be responsible for coming back and getting it, getting it back from you if if something came back in your in your check. And I'm like looking at him. I'm like, are you are you serious? Like somebody thinks that this is a, a logical use of time and resources to make stupid laws like that? I mean, it's just it's dumb. And, and the thing about it is, is that you know Baltimore, like all, all the eastern cities that have the huge crime problems, like New York and, and Baltimore and D.C. that have the most strict gun laws. Hmm. You know, let's you know what the you know what the definition of insanity is. You know. It's- because I was just thinking a great way to keep your property from being looted and burned is to just shoot the first couple of people that come in in there and start stealing shit. Well, there is a guy, I, I saw like a quick news clip, and I haven't gone back to look at it, but there's a guy they're calling like the Baltimore Batman, and like he's like chasing away guys with a machete. <laughs> like, you know, like people are trying to destroy property. Like he's, he's going vigilante style. <laughs> I still remember, I think it was the 93 riots in L.A., Mm-hmm. And the picture is taken from a news helicopter overhead. Yeah. And it's a block of buildings, and most of the buildings are just rubble, charred rubble. Yeah. And there's one building in the middle of the block, and it's still standing. And there's a huge crowd. The crowd is deep enough that they, they go past the frame of the picture in an arc around the front of this building. Yeah. And it turns out that it was a grocery store owned by a Korean family. And the owner was standing out front with a loaded SKS, and his brother-in-law was up on the roof with an SKS. Yeah. And that's how they protected their grocery store. Only building on the block that survived. Wow. That's, I mean, so, life and pro- protecting life and property. Uh, so, Adam? Yeah. Before the show, uh, there was another point made. Yeah. That I think probably is relevant to the show mm-hmm. if if we're going to have the baltimore conversation yeah i'm trying the question to. the question <laughs> is <laughs> hey robbie it's happening man <laughs> at this point yeah with all the facts that have been released on the case yes why are there protests yet um well i will tell you i, I think that people are looking for an excuse and i think there's a political machine in place that tries to, you know, that, th- you know, these protests don't get it wrong. This is a business. This is a business deal for somebody. There's, there's people out there making money off of this right now. And, I, and I'm sorry if that sounds, you know, kind of callous, but like, you know, all these hate mongers 
you know, and that's who they are that, that make this a that make this a racial thing or make this a, a police thing. You know, it's, and it's crazy. We don't know the facts, but some of the early stuff that's coming out is like the guy that passed away, and that's tragic, man. I don't, you know, like, I don't want to see anybody die for no reason. You know what I mean? It, it, and it's, but it's coming out now that it's like, yeah, he was he was banging him, his head against the wall and hurting himself or whatever. That's what's that's what the conversation is starting to, is starting to pl- take place by people who were there watching this thing take happen. And and the official report isn't out yet, so I shouldn't even be making you know statements about what we don't know. Yet, right there, you know? right there. Um, but if, if th- there's no no evidence has been released, nobody actually knows what happened yet. Yeah. All we know is. Yes, it is incredibly tragic that a man died, mm-hmm. but there's n- there's no evidence as to what happened yet. Yeah, maybe. Well, maybe it's tragic. It might be it's tragic. Yeah. Okay, unfortunate. It's unfortunate. I, I don't agree there either. And, and see, there's. I guess I'm different than everybody else, and and I may probably I'll probably get all kinds of freaking hate mail for this shit. But I'm sorry. No, not all people are good. Not yeah. all people are, are are born to be good. I've put down a rabid dog before. It did not hurt my feelings to put down the rabid dog. It would destroy me. It would destroy me to hurt the non-rabid one. Mm-hmm. And if that makes me a bad person, hell, I wish there was more bad people out there. <laughs> I don't care. I don't care about the people that don't care about society and and children and innocence and, and all that. They're they're not human beings if they can't see that hurting the innocent is not the way to make the guilty pay. Yeah. The guilty don't care about the innocence either. And so if they're bad people, I don't really care. No more than I care about the the rabid dog. I, mean, I care about the good dog. I care about the innocent dog. Yeah. And I don't care if it's a brown dog, yellow dog, white dog, spotted dog. I care about the innocent dog. Why is everything always reduced to dogs to you, Robbie? <laughs> because they make so much more sense than humans do. <laughs> That's the truth. I mean, it's just... It's because you know, Robbie gets funny looks when he sniffs my butt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. As long as I say it's the dog and not me, it's okay. <laughs> Uh, I, you know, it, it, it's, it is, it is horrible. Uh, and I, and I don't, you know, I don't, I don't know if there's an, I don't know if there's an answer. I mean, we're obviously not going, going to solve any answers on the podcast. And a lot of this is just a form for us to vent our frustration, uh, unfortunately. And, and, you know, uh, but it, I, I just look at this, I look, this is so close to home. Um, and you know, yeah, it's, it was it's funny. in your backyard. I mean, it is in my back, backyard, you know? It was a interesting article about uh, – it was a reporter that didn't go to the White House dinner and went to the baseball game instead. Mm-hmm. And it was, it was fascinating to get his perspective because he was at one of the little bars just outside the game getting ready to go in when stuff broke loose in that area. Yeah. Um, and some of it was just interesting because I chose not to go to the dinner. I found myself here. Yeah. And – it was interesting from both perspectives, the series of choices that led people to that point. Yeah. Uh, and then at one point, uh, they locked all the stadium, uh, all the gates to the stadium and wouldn't let anybody out. Yeah. And he said, let me get this straight. 
and as an honest law-abiding citizen who has broken no laws, you are detaining me so that criminals can commit criminal behavior. Well, we're going to give him some room to destroy stuff. Yeah, that worked out well. Yeah. Man, as soon as I heard that, all I could think of is anybody that got hurt and any insurance company that lost property just got a chance to pass that on. Oh, yeah. Well, she, she won't she, – well, she'll never win an election, which is – it's funny because the, the mayor of Baltimore wasn't even elected. I think the last mayor, there's some, you know – Some shenanigans. Shenanigans there, unfortunately. I mean, that's just this some corrupt – It's just a Shenanigans in politics? Yeah. I don't know, man. I, I just, you know, like. Finish getting it out. It's Finish just, not, it's, just it out. it's just, it, obviously these policies, obviously the attitudes that we have today, they're, they're not, they're not working, you know? And it's funny. Uh, uh, not working. That's an interesting perspective. <sighs> Robbie, did you get that satire I sent you yesterday? That, that article? Oh, yeah, I did. You know, and it's like everybody is so. Oh, here, let me check my inbox real quick. I didn't send it to you, Dan. I'm sorry. It, it was a Facebook uh, thing. And I know you're not really on Facebook, so I didn't send it to you. You had to be up at midnight on Facebook. <laughs> yeah. Uh. Um, but basically, it's just, it's a satire of this person who identifies themselves as a certain thing because they don't, they never want to you know offend anybody. And they're in this grocery store, and basically, it's just like, like you know, you know, oh, you're 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 you want Mexican rice? That's racist. You know, you're oppressing you know. Hispanics, or you know, it's, but it's just—it's a satire. I mean, it's just utterly ridiculous. Yeah, Adam. Yeah. Uh, the question mark I sent you back mm-hmm. because I had to read it three times before I recognized that it was satire. Oh yeah, and, and you know the funny thing is—I don't know if it is satire. I'm assuming that it's satire. Oh um, my God, I hope it is. Oh yeah, I mean, like it, it like it, if it's not, it's even more poignant. You know, I, I, it's just—it's it, people are so—I don't even know. I don't. You know, I, I, I've said I've said this. You know, as Lao Tzu said, you know, being sick of sickness isn't being sick at all. And you know, this is just a. You know, people are so damn uppity and so PC um, driven that it's 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 just utterly it's a, the breakdown of logic. It's just it it is it is getting into what is it called? Neither of you guys will know. It's like a. a oh really. Well, it's it's a computer thing. It's a computer thing. There's like a logic issue with a computer where it's it's a contradicting thing, and it makes a loop that makes a computer logic crash. Loop. I guess it's a logic loop. Maybe that's you know. Wow, that was hard. Well, no, I think there's a, I think there's <laughs> another name for it, um, but you know that a logic loop will, will will suffice. You know, and that's and that's kind of where we at, we're at with this ultra. And you know, dude, like I, I don't care who people are, who they want to be. You know what I mean? If you want to go. You know, dress up like a panda bear. You know, go dress up like a panda bear. I, that, that's cool, man. You know, as as long as you're not, as long as you're not infringing on my rights or hurting anybody that you know doesn't want to dress up like a panda bear with you or whatever. I don't, I don't care. You know what I mean? Like, you go do your thing. I mean, do I do I have an opinion of that? I mean, of course, it's natural to have an opinion of that. It's natural to have an opinion of something that's different than what you are used to, and it's going to cause a reaction. That's only human. You know what I mean? When I when I watch a culture that you know, wants to, you know, nail somebody to a cross to, to, to redo a Easter celebration, you know, I'm like, oh, wow, that is, that is pretty crazy. That's crazy to me. Is it perfectly logical to them? Yeah. I mean, it, should they have the right to do that? I mean, if, if everybody wants, if the guy get nailed to the cross, wants to get nailed to the cross to reenact Easter, hey, man, have at it. You know what I mean? That's none of my business. You know, I don't, I don't need to 
go outlaw that, you know, but I mean, at, at, this, at the same time, you know, it gets to the point where if you're so politically correct and scared to ever offend anybody or call people out on the shit that is bad, that constitutes a problem, man. You know, at what point, at what point do we become so numb and so scared to call people out on their crap that, that's you, why, you know, that's why I go with a firm policy of offending everyone equally. I, my, I had an ethics professor and this guy was an amazing dude. He, you know, he was, uh, he actually went to school to become a clergyman. Um, didn't, didn't follow through with it. You know, he's a big, big Catholic guy. Um, didn't, but he likes getting married. He, he, well, he got, he went and got married, had a family and became a professor and anyway, he's, he was, you know, this guy was on, like, a committee when 9-11 happened, you know what I mean? Like a, you know, a, it was like a committee under, like, President Bush where he wanted, you know, clergy of different, you know, whatever to come through and talk about the, the issues or whatever. And I'll never forget a story that he had. He had a, a visitor from, I don't know where it was, but I, I don't know if it was a, what country it was from. It doesn't even matter. But anyway, they came over to his house, um, and they had dinner. And then after dinner was done, you know, he, he stood up with his wife and started clearing the plates. And the gentleman that was his guest grabbed his hand and said, no, 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 in my country, you know, the women did that. And he said, he said the craziest thing that happened to him, he had like, in a split second, it felt like he had all this time in his mind to really go through the ethical ramifications of the response to that. And part of him was like, okay, you know, I can, I should respect this guy's culture and agree with him and sit down and just let my wife and, and his wife clear the dinner table, you know? And he's like, would that be wrong? And he, he kind of posed this question to the class. And, uh, you know, so the debate went on for a good 30, 30, 40 minutes. And then at the end, he's like, he said, I looked at the gentleman. I said, I said, sir, I, I respect that, that that's your culture and that's what you choose to do. And I can appreciate that. But this is my house. And this is what my, my wife and I do. And he continued to clear the table and, and it came back. And, and it never really missed a beat. You know, it wasn't something that was so absurd. But, like, you know, at, at what point do, you know, because there's an argument for both sides, you know, and there's people that will make arguments for both sides. But, you know, the simple truth is, is that, you know, he made a decision what's best for him in that situation. And, and I don't think that he made the wrong decision. Um, and I think that, that, you know, I think that, a lot of the times you do need to stop and analyze and, and look at it case by case. But you know what? Every once in a while, there's no time to sit there and, and argue the finer points and philosophize about, you know, what is right. Sometimes you just need to act. You just need to do what you need to do with the information that you have at hand. And people need to understand that. Um, you know, I know this has gotten way off, off board. I just, I feel like there's this, I'm giving you another 45 seconds <laughs> and then we're going to bring it back online. <laughs> I just feel that it's it's one of the it. it's one of those things where you know we, we need to start asking some hard difficult questions of ourselves and our motives and what we're doing what we're doing while we're doing it. So that's it. I'm spent. So, okay. So, <laughs> so should we talk about the 15 year old boy that was pulled from the, the uh, debris in Nepal after five days with no food or water? Yeah, that's that's that, yeah. Go for it, Dan. Yeah, I just thought we'd go with something uplifting after that rant. <laughs> I, I wish we had more stories. I've always taught. I wish we had more stories about Nepal and going over there and helping these people out of this this natural disaster, instead of focusing on ridiculous man-made disasters. Um, and I don't have all the details yet. I just heard about this this morning, but apparently, uh, workers clearing debris thought they heard something, called the dogs in. Um, that a 
team of Americans were over with search and rescue dogs, uh, located the kid and pulled him out. And he was, he wound up getting trapped between two floors in a hotel that collapsed. Yeah. But we always hear three days without water and, and you're done. Yeah. This, this kid was trapped in the debris for five days. Um, and, uh, He's injured, but apparently it's all relatively minor injuries. Everything, he'll recover from everything. Wow. That's amazing. I'm just blown away. I mean, five days with no food, no water, trapped in the rubble. So no it's, light. Oxygen was probably low. Um, yeah, and I mean, not just the... Not just the fit, well, not just the physical requirements, but the psychological requirements not to just go, you know what, I'm going to die. Yeah. To hold on in the darkness, you're right, probably a low O2 count, no food, no water, limited mobility, alone, and psychologically be able to keep yourself together until you get pulled out. It's pretty impressive, man. Well, you know, I, I think statistically kids have a better, uh, I know at getting lost at least, they don't wander as far as adults do and don't trip and you know they don't make this they don't make the survival situation for themselves harder the way adults do does that make is that is that correct robbie is that a good way yeah, to articulate that, it that's a good way to put it yeah they don't try to fix it themselves and wind up making it worse that's right they, they usually just hunker down and chill and, and and wait for rescue um they just kind of shelter in place type of take a take a type of response which i wonder if it's like evolved to that you know if it's kind of an innate response you know, that's a survival mechanism. I don't know. So, man, we might have to do a double show. I got so uh, so off the uh, beaten path with the the uh, the riot thing. So, um, uh, did you guys see the uh, video of the the avalanche? People uh, on uh, people on Mount Everest. Oh, uh, was that that was triggered the same time the earthquake in Nepal? Yeah, yeah, I heard about it, but I didn't know there was video. Oh, uh, there's a video like these guys rushing into their tents. I mean the, I mean the snow that was coming up off. It looked like a, I I couldn't even guess to how tall it was. I mean like if it was if somebody told me it was two hundred three hundred feet, I wouldn't have been surprised. I mean if, if at the the size of it at that point, it's like. I, I don't even know how to gauge how tall it was. It, I mean, it's just these guys. There's a rumbling, and these guys. You see all these like the base camp, and then all of a sudden these guys look over, and there's just this white wall, and you can see the billowing snow. It's it's amazing. I mean, and that they survived was amazing as well. Um, I'm sure there were some deaths and whatnot, uh, but yeah, it was it was it was crazy. It was a crazy uh, crazy video to watch. Um, see if we, if I can find it, I'll link it on the show notes. But um, so, and uh, before it gets too late, I want to uh, pile in with my uh, friends of Flip update. Go for it. Uh, let me pull the. Uh, I'll send the link over to you. But all right, it kills me that I'm going to say this. So Adam, just go ahead and be ready to gloat. Mm-hmm. It's a Kickstarter. Mm. Uh, but it's an interesting concept. Uh, for those that have been keeping up, uh, they know about a year ago. Flip went to Alaska with his brother, and they did some. They did a lot of well, fishing. I, I think Dan, you got to give some some okay touch base on who Flip is and whatever, because um, just for those you haven't followed and don't may not know what we're talking about. 
Uh, so uh, Flip was a West Point grad, um, phenomenal football player, uh, who at the time he was a captain in the Army when his convoy was hit by an IED. Um, and he is a triple amputee. And if I remember correctly, his good arm is is still damaged. Mm-hmm. Um, amazing person, amazing sense of humor. Uh, we originally started talking about him when I found out about his house burning down yeah. uh, while he and his wife and his dogs were in it. Uh, the neighbors heard the dogs. Um, if I remember correctly, the wife opened a door, was trying to get Flip out. The dogs got out. The next-door neighbors figured out something was wrong when they heard the dogs. Yeah. And found Flip's wife uh, struggling to try and get him out of the house as it burned down around him. And uh, I first got involved when I found out that the difference in insurance payment versus what the house was worth was going to nowhere near recover or rebuild, especially with... uh, some of the things that Flip needed to be able to, to live in the house. In reference to his, his disabilities. Yep. Uh, since then, uh, several charities band together. Uh, they recently moved into their new house. Um, to just give you kind of a, an idea of the psychological place they're in that I'm so impressed with. Uh, there was recently a picture on the Friends of Flip Facebook page mm-hmm. of him and his new prosthetic legs. And his wife's comment was, look who's finally taller than me. (laughs) (laughs) I saw that when I loved it. Yeah. Yeah. So they're they're phenomenal people who continue to to deal with adversity in a positive light. Mm -hmm. And so many times it could have broken them. And instead, they just keep working. Yeah. Um, He, uh, Flip, and his brother are now working with at least one of the guides, if not several, that took them on their Alaskan fishing trip. Mm -hmm. And they're pitching an idea, which I'm not a big fan of the reality shows and that kind of stuff. Come on. I know that you love some Dancing with the Stars, Dan. (laughs) All right. So don't even play games with me. All right. I'm more of a... I just like the dresses. do you, so you think you can dance kind of guy, but Dancing with the Stars, I understand, has a certain following. So go ahead. I, I like the dresses, the couture. <laughs> uh, oh, man. So their concept is basically Wounded Warrior meets uh, Alaskan Survivor. Uh, it is teams of paired individuals, either a guide or a, uh, a star paired with uh, someone from Wounded Warrior. Mm-hmm. And it's a head-to-head competition, uh, but it's things like uh, the first round would be trolling for salmon. Mm-hmm. So the member of the Wounded Warrior team and whoever else was on his team would go trolling for salmon. Whoever catches the most or the biggest fish wins. Then it's fly fishing on the ocean. Uh, then it's bottom fishing. Then it's lake fly fishing. Uh, then it's crabbing and shrimping. Uh, they've got an idea for a kayaking course an off-road karting course. And then the one that I loved is one of the challenges would be try to get a photograph of a bald eagle catching a fish. <laughs> that would be pretty cool. So all of this would be outdoors focused in Alaska, actually accomplishing legitimate tasks. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and it would be wounded warriors paired with either guides or stars. Mm-hmm. And they're pitching it as a television series. I would watch that. Uh, that's kind of what I thought. I'm actually, Especially, upset, I'm actually upset they didn't uh, keep on doing Dogs of War. Yeah, I was about to start that. I was going to mention that, that I'm disappointed that there's no word on a second season. Because um, one of one of the great things that came out of watching that show was, you know, again, just to clarify, I never saw combat. I never heard of a shot fired in anger. Um, but a lot of my friends have. Mm-hmm. And after watching one of the shows, Beth kind of looked at me and said, all those idi- idiosyncrasies that you and your friends have got that I always thought were just weird, I get it now. You know, your whole not sitting with a back to a door or the way when y'all are talking on the street, you'll face towards each other. Mm-hmm. You'll never stand side by side. She said, I get that now. And if Beth could get that from that television show, then there's obviously a lot of good that it could do. Yeah, I agree. Hey, Dan? Yeah? You really are just interested in hearing shots fired and angry. You're welcome to come to one of my family reunions anytime. <laughs> Yeah, I'd rather be around people that didn't shoot quite so well. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> hey, don't worry. They'll be really drunk when they're doing it. Yeah, but we all know the outsiders go first. <laughs> so, maybe, uh, maybe not. Before we completely run out of time in the last minute I got here, um, Kickstarter programs <laughs> came up already, so why not? I was just I just want I just want to point out that you guys are doing this and not me. Yeah, yeah, we know. All right. um, you're, you're still on suspension, Adam. You can't do it, but we can. Yeah, you beat that dead horse, so now we've got to beat that horse a little bit. Mm. Um, a guy contacted me about this Kickstarter program, Elite Survival Pack, mm-hmm. a guy named ba- Michael Bostick. And uh, the long and the short of it is it's a, a pack. He's doing a survival pack mm-hmm. that is uh, – encased in a, a, a kydex type container mm-hmm. the pack itself and just to give the, the the real short synopsis is he got aggravated with all the uh mall ninja 300 hundred dollar survival packs out there mm-hmm. that were full of crap that you actually couldn't use you know they they got so far away from shelter fire water you know and maybe some food that they, in his idea, are impractical. Yeah. And so he, he, he's trying to, uh, uh, I guess, gather the funds to, to put his idea into a more um, high quality. You know, he's got pictures and video of, of the ones he's done um, that were kind of just thrown together from scrap, you know, and, and, and garage built type thing. Um, and he's got some ideas to have this thing in- injection molded or, or even a 3D printed type thing. Yeah. Um, but I, I thought the idea was solid. You know, uh, a survival pack that's really only about what you need and not, you know, 400 button compasses and, and, and mess thrown in that really aren't going to work. They're not going to do anything to help you, you know, shelter yourself from the elements or provide yourself with moisture or, you know, stay warm or any of that kind of mess in... in Your 150-piece survival kit when 100 of the pieces are Band-Aids? Y- yeah. Uh, 
$300 survival kit with uh, $5 worth of useful stuff and $295 worth of crap. Um, but anyway, I thought it was yeah. interesting and, and worth, a, worth a look anyway. Well, Adam was going on and on about something. I was flipping through this, mm -hmm. and it's, it's pretty cool. What's that? Uh, you sent a link to me. So I've been uh, I've been perusing this uh, the concept while you were talking, or while Adam was talking rather, because I listened to you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, guys, I missed you so much. <laughs> well, don't lead us so much. Yeah, yeah, I know. I'm not I'm that not... fast. Yeah. <laughs> well, I guess, I guess I already talked about my gear pick of the week, which was Dan's knife. And Dan, I'll let that go to your head, man. All right. I Wait, got... you talked about what did you talk about? Your knife. I don't remember that. You should talk about it again. Uh, Say that one more time. You're what? <sighs> the the new Echo Seven from Heritage Blades, or is it he uh, Heritage Blade Work Blade Works? Uh, you know that sounds like a mouthful, and I already learned my lesson about really long emails. Yes, or email what? addresses. Heritage so I think, knives. Yeah, I think uh, actually I think there might be a a store in the UK called Heritage Knives. Oh, so we're gonna go with Heritage Blades. I like it. Something. See, I would go with Heritage Knives and just piggyback off of everywhere I saw their ads. <laughs> I mean, that's the, that's the advice you're supposed to give me off the podcast. I mean, if they're going to pay for advertising anyway, help them get their money's worth by help letting them advertise for you, too. Cheesy peasy. Uh, oh, man. That's so, wrong. Anyway. Did you guys have any uh, any gear picks besides this, this nice knife? I, I, let, me, let me say one other thing, Dan. Um, I, I do think that this blade is going to be, like, if you were, if you were a fan of how Moras tend to work, like, like, and hands down, I think Mora, for, for the, for the dollar value, you pick them, you pick them up, and they're some of the most effective and efficient tools out in the field, you know? Now, do they last forever? No. <laughs> <laughs> we've, we've discussed that before. And they're not made of real high-quality material. Yes, yes. So, But the design is there, and they kind of serve that purpose to, you know, throw a couple of them in your bag, and you'll probably be good. This knife fits that, like, perfect design, weight, size, uh, you know, outdoorsman-type blade that, you know, it straddles a bunch of different varieties of uh, uses, um, but is made of higher quality stuff that will last you a lifetime, um, and and so like I, I really think those guys who like that kind of you know compact nature, very efficient and effective cutting geometry, um, are, are really gonna love this blade. Um, I mean it, it just it, it it's kind of I don't want to say more a killer because the, the price point is substantially different. I mean it's still it's still a you know a high grade production knife, um, but you're you're you're, you're Doing something that a lot of people aren't interested in doing because they want to they want to sell the flashy the flashy stuff and they don't want to necessarily go for um, really quality and, th and that's kind of like my biggest issue with the knife industry and man I'm gonna piss off a lot of my friends with saying this uh, both of them yeah um, is that you know it's just as much about that product it as it is about the next product that they're gonna sell. You know, I mean, well, I'm, I'm not mad at you, and so you only pissed off half your friends. Yeah, I, I mean, and, and that's and that's kind of you know, I, you know, and and guys out there who are you know 
unless you're a knife collector, and what I and what I mean by that is that you're a guy who like who just you know loves the artistry of the blades, likes you know likes hunting for something that you like like, and you know you're gonna set your stuff up in display cases, you know, or, or use it as accents and and doodads to you know put in your man cave. With that percentage of the population, which I do think they're out there. I mean, the guy, you know, I know, I know a guy that's bought half a dozen William Henrys. You know, I mean, that guy is, is a knife collector. You know, I mean, you start, you know, buying a, a knife that's in, in the, the, the four to five digits, and I'm not talking about any point zero zeros. Um, you know, you, you're not you're not really on the knife hunt for something that is, you you know, a utility type blade. One of the signs that I've got, both in the shop and in my office, says, a designer knows he has achieved perfection, not when there's nothing left to add, but when there's nothing left to take away. Yeah. Yeah. And that's that's pretty much the concept behind that knife. So if it, listening to what you're, you just said, Adam, mm-hmm. and then I guess comparing that against what you, you, know, you called me yesterday evening after testing the knife, mm-hmm. it, Combining that two uh, ideas, it, it sounds to me like then what it is is a good opportunity for uh, the individual who's used their more, they love their more, and it's served them really well, and now they're ready to upgrade to something nicer. Yeah. But they don't want to get caught up in all the, the law and BS of gimmicks and, and, and crap thrown in that they don't need. Here's a good opportunity for them to be able to upgrade without losing the dependable uh, simplicity that they're used to. I'm going to say something else, and people aren't going to be mad. <laughs> <laughs> the more you know and appreciate knives, and you become more of a a real knife guy, um, the less the less you need to buy the less you need to go out there and be enthralled with it. You know, and, and it's almost, you know, and I can't, it's, it's hard to explain, but it, it's, like, it's like being a car guy, okay? If you're a quote-unquote car guy, that doesn't mean that you're, you're, you're a racer. You know what I mean? Like, like the guy who, who drives cars professionally, you know, he's got one car that he's really good at driving, you know? But but a lot of guys who are car guys, I got a friend of mine who was a very wealthy guy, you know, you know, made his you know first couple millions in, in his early twenties, and at one point he owed like seventy cars, and you know, but he was a car guy, but it was an investment thing, you know, he bought cars as investments. Yeah, did he go and drive them every once in a while? Yeah, but he wasn't driving them professionally. He wasn't driving them to get a job done. He's just a car collector, and I I think that. And what I'm trying to say is it, the more and more you get out in the field and actually start using your equipment for the, the you know, desired purpose and, and you find that spot where you're going to use it, your, your selection of blades starts to shrink. Um, and, you, and, you, and you get to the point where it's like, all right, well, you know, if I'm going to buy this knife, I'm not going to fool myself to say, oh, this is, the, this is the solution to some problem. That's not that. This is the solution for some interest that you have for owning it for the sake of owning it, for the sake of collecting. Um, and a lot of people might be upset with that. They might say, Adam, what are you talking about? You know, we're, we're trying to find the next piece of, you know, EDC to complete our kit. It's, no, you're not. You're not doing that. Um, you know, you're, you're, you're looking for the next piece that you want to do in your collection. And that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. I just don't want to confuse the matter. You know, there's some guys out there that need big knives, 
you know that need this for the for the utility and that's nothing wrong with that and they should go out and purchase those blades there's a wide variety of stuff to find your needs just make sure you understand your needs and why you're buying it and don't just buy it because you're bored you know what I mean? well and be honest about it yeah absolutely and there's there's nothing around there's nothing wrong with buying something because you want it no just I mean, be honest I mean you know I, I have you know, I've said this before uh, you know when we go to blade show this year I'm probably gonna buy one of Andy Roy's Dukes because I just want that knife. You know? Been wanting it for two or three I've, I've years. I've been wanting it for yeah. two and three years. There's something that speaks to that to me of that knife. That it, there's a nostalgia there. Now, am I gonna go out and 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 use it? Heck yeah, I am. Because that's you know that's what I do. <laughs> part of yeah. part of my part of my hobby, you know, of going out there and doing this testing gear and having fun with this gear and and going out there and using it. I, I will find a use for it. Um, you know, and Adam. That, yes, sir. I bought a I bought that most recent tomahawk. Mm-hmm. And another friend of mine asked, do you really need that tomahawk? Yeah. And my answer was no. I need back all the time I've spent going back to that picture of that tomahawk and looking at it. <laughs> I, need to put the da- I need to put it over here on the shelf so I can leave it alone and move my mind onto something else. Yeah. Speak- speaking of tomahawk, when we quit recording, uh, stay on the line. I got something to tell you all about. <laughs> Just tease everybody out That'll there. That will make people mad. So, you know, and, and like, and guys out there, I'm, like. Robbie knows what it is. I, I hope code, that, brother. I hope my statements didn't hurt anybody's feelings or offend anybody. I mean, and, and don't get me wrong, I'm all about, you know, I'm, I'm going to be buying more knives, but I think I made this statement the other day, and I'm, I'm going to, you know, and maybe this is just me you know, getting older and, and maybe wiser, what I think is wiser. I mean, if I stopped buying knives right now, and I lived 100 years longer than, like, I died at 135, you know, I probably would never need any more knives. Like, I, I'd probably be okay, with the exception of possibly kitchen knives. Um, it's God you need some kitchen knives, I do. I might listen, Dan. You need to come to my house and just sharpen my kitchen knives. The, the Wustoffs are not doing very well. The other day, I was trying to open up a, a block of cheese, and it was not not doing very well. The new Adventures movie is coming out, so. Uh, well, yeah, we're gonna go see that cheese. tonight. Not only that, he couldn't cut the plastic wrap. <laughs> that's that's what it was. I'm, I'm talking. I'm not talking about the cheese. I couldn't get into the plastic wrap. And I look at my wife. I'm like, oh my gosh, how do you? What, what is going on here? I mean, like, you know, Sean's a good friend of us, a friend of ours. We'll go over there at Edgeworks, and he'll knock out a sharpening for us, like, in two seconds, you know? Um, yeah, you ask her what's going on, and she's hiding the glass cutting board. Yeah, yeah, maybe, <laughs> maybe. So, I mean, Ro- Robbie, what do you think about those statements, though? I mean, do you, yeah, I mean, I'm sure you agree. That's the, not too about, you know. The opinion given is not necessarily that. <laughs> and Eastland, Dogwood Custom Knives, or Equipped to Endure. They are Robert Oliver's opinion solely. Um, Adam, I think if it, anybody was butthurt by that, they need to grow a pair, mm-hmm. take off their diaper, put on their big boy pants, and uh, learn to walk upright and quit being so damn soft. <laughs> um, I think if at this point I have to explain one more time what a big knife means, it doesn't mean a machete, it doesn't mean a knife purposely designed to be long or wide, it means a knife that's too big. Once you get beyond the point that your geometry has suffered. Yeah. It's a big knife that's not any good. Yeah. I do think that if you cannot do a lot of the things that I can do with a small knife, that your skill level has not gotten to where mine is yet. Mm-hmm. If that bothers you, practice. <laughs> <laughs> and and I'm sorry. I'm not sorry if that offends you. I'm sorry you hadn't had more time to practice. Uh, but, yeah, I think there is a lot of overcompensation that goes on. People believe they need something or they're makeup excuses for why they're buying it. 
and you're 100% right. There's nothing wrong if you're being honest about why you're getting something. Dude, get what you get what makes you happy. Yeah. If you earn that money, spend it the way you're only going to live once. Well, like the guy the other reincarnation. The guy the other week that was talking about uh, is it okay for him to use his zombie chopper to cut stuff down? <laughs> if you like yeah. to, man. Yeah. I'm old and I've got bad shoulders. I'm not going to do it, but you feel free. Yeah, man. Uh, just to clarify, anybody that knows more about me than reincarnation, I don't get to carry my knives to the next life, right? Then I'm not going. Um, yeah, I'm, I don't believe in that now. <laughs> I only believe in that if I get to take my knives with me. And I mean, you know, and don't get me wrong, I've, uh, I've had, I've made purchases, and, and, I've, and I, actually, Robbie, you probably been there. I've made purchases, and I'm like, Robbie, this is going to be the one. This is going to be the one. And Robbie's right, yeah, man, it's going to be the one. You know, he's down. And like, Robbie, he's like, hey, man, this is going to be the one. We've done that on the same weekend. We've gone to the same store. We went on Friday for you and then went on Saturday for me, and both of us said the same crap. Yeah, and, and then later it's like, you know, where's that knife? I don't know. I think it's in a drawer someplace because it wasn't the one. Cause, you know, I sold it. I gave it away. So. Yeah, oh, man. If I had it, a, it ran off with my neighbor. Yeah. I mean, I would probably be able to retire if I saved all the money that I spent on knives, you know, right now. Um, no, not really. That was a joke. But, yeah. I it's, don't know. I've seen the box of knives. Man, you've seen a box of knives. <laughs> <laughs> and yes, folks, it literally says box of knives. It's labeled because that's how I roll. Um, but no, it's better I, than the bucket of knives that will never be. Yes, I I'm a fan of the bucket of knives that will never be. That's pretty fun. Um, but you know, and, and guys, I'm not saying be upset with your purchases at all. I'm just you know just be honest about it. Don't don't you know? Like I understand that I have. As 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 an American, there's a culture of materialism. You know what I mean? It just it is it's part of what we are. And I, and I was talking to my buddy the other day, and like we were kind of reminiscing about us being kids, and that we were like mall rats, you know, back in the. And he said to me, he's like, "Yeah, heck yeah, where else are you gonna learn how to consume?" Um, and just that, you know, he made that statement. I was like, "Man, you are right about that." It's like the yeah, the, there's honesty. Yeah, there's like the, yeah. there's like the consumption culture, you know, and and, uh, and tomorrow. Uh, Go Tomorrow ahead. I'm going to buy, going to pick up my Marlin Camp 45. <laughs> Can I? Do I need that rifle? No. Yeah, yeah. Will it work better than any of the other rifles I own? No. Yeah. But I sold a knife, and by goodness, I want it. You know, somebody made a comment to me a while back on one of our giveaways, and this was many years ago. We were doing some kind of contest, and I was like, "Hey, show me your." Knife collection, do a picture of it, and we're going to send you a, you know, whoever, you know, whoever sends us a picture, we'll, we'll draw from that, and we're going to uh, send you a knife. And somebody commented, like, oh, that, that makes sense. Give give somebody another great knife who's already got a bunch of knives. And, you know, when he first responded to that, I was kind of, like, offended. I was like, you know, man, I'm just trying to get people to participate in the community, you know, and, and have a conversation. I'm not trying to, like, you know... But and I realized years back, years later, that I was like, you know, the guy's kind of right, and that was kind of a, you know, a, kind of a dumb thing to do. And 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 don't, I'm not trying to say that oh, we need to get, we just need to give stuff to people who who need it or whatever. Because I also think there's a there's a, a value, stuff. there's I a value of, yeah, of doing something. Well, no, no, let me finish what I'm saying. I also think there's there's a value of you know you you gotta you gotta you know you gotta make your own. You know, it, it, if you can't, if you don't have something, that's not my fault. You gotta, you know, you gotta work hard to, to get it if you want it. 
Um, and I don't need I don't need to just give you something because you don't have it because that's never that you're never going to learn how to do it for yourself. But I do think that there's a truth in the fact that you know we kind of reward you know consumption uh, or, or you know more stuff with more stuff, um, and that that's not necessarily right either. Um, but it, you know it it does it does speak volumes, and you know there's a point I remember this is oh man ten years ago, probably, and um, I know I was I know I was living in you know, three or four homes ago, you know, from where I live in now. And I, I took this picture of, like, all the knives that I owned. And I was really into knives, you know, this is in my early 20s. And there's just a, a picture someplace. I don't know where I have it. I was, like, so proud of my knife collection, you know. Um, and I kind of look at that now, and I kind of chuckle. I'm like, man, you know, and some of those were horrible knives, just horrible knives. Like, I didn't know any better, you know what I mean? I was just kind of, like, you know, getting into it and, and, and whatnot. And I look back now uh, at the at the amount of knives, some of those I still have that I use regularly. Um, it's just, it's just funny. It's just funny to kind of look back and, you know, and I know Robbie, you, you, have, you got to a point maybe a year ago where you're like, if I'm not using this crap, I'm selling it or I'm getting rid of it. I'm trying to just, Oh, I did. I, I just I, don't, I, you don't, you don't even want to be surrounded by the junkiness of it. You know? So somebody sent me a message the other day asking if I had anything to give away or, or sell. Mm-hmm. And I said, no, not really. I, I, I got rid of all that junk, you know? Yeah. Uh, if I'm not going to use it, I'm not going to keep it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's a, there's a, there's a truth to that. Kind of sets you free. Dan, what do you, what do you think? And um, I, and I got to speak, I got to speak something to Dan's character. Cause most knife makers, they're like, uh, uh, guys, uh, <laughs> but, but Dan is honest enough about, you know, his craft and, you know, Wanting people to, to use his products, that the conversations like that don't uh don't affect. Well, Dan's him. also the guy that don't keep stuff because the way it looks. The only knives Dan will keep is the ones that he really likes the way it worked for him. Yeah, that's true. And and, and you never and you've never sold a piece of crap knife that you designed just because it looks cool. That's in the that's in the bucket of knives that will never be. Yeah, and there are a few in there that looked really good on paper. Yeah, and then they just didn't work. <laughs> they look really good in person too, but they didn't work. Yeah, yeah. Um, but as you were saying, sir, I think any real knife aficionado, I mean, mm-hmm. if you're serious about knives and you really know your stuff, mm-hmm. what's really most important is that you own one of every model made by Dogwood Custom Knives. <laughs> <laughs> thank, thank you, sir. Thank you for your honesty. Yeah. Now, we've talked about it before that you know, a sharpened piece of flint will do everything you need it to do. Yeah. Now, everything beyond that is is really luxury depending on what you're doing if you're good enough you can do it with a sharp piece of flint i, I didn't <laughs> say you, what you can't do is what the sharp piece of flint lacks you can't make up for for and yeah, that is okay. it don't hold an edge very long oh uh, see that's just luxury you want something that'll hold an edge longer i want, I mean, it, do you lo- want- I want it to hold long enough to get me out of the survival situation I mean, do you want like 1080 edge retention? Do you want 01 edge retention? Do you want S35VN edge retention? See, or are you that are you that guy that tricked my son into making knives out of 3V just so he could get one? Well, see, I, that's a trick question because I am, I am, you lump things together that should not go together. I am not the guy that says I need, you know, 1080, to, you know, as long as it's better than the Flint rock i'm cool 
So, you know, that doesn't apply to me. On the other hand, yes, I am the guy that convinced your son he needed to work in 3V. I do have a love-hate uh, relationship with that steel, man. I love that steel. I, I mean, I love I, it too, but it's... My it's, favorite steel. But, it, yeah, until you try to sharpen it. There's a... Uh, <laughs> I don't pull the crap. Adam, 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 we've Adam. already discussed your sharpening abilities. I know. I saw that, that's not the steel, man. <laughs> also, I don't, I don't let that. my knives get so dull that I'm having to... Yeah, spend all day working on them. I touch them up. Does true. Adam know about the AMK? I don't uh, know if I know about the AMK. Yeah, you were there. You saw the designs. Alex's knife. Oh, I, I couldn't remember. Dude, I have trouble remembering your designs. Yeah, I, I understand that. I remember what they look like. I have no clue. I have no, trouble no, remembering they, people's names. No, Robbie, you, you, you remember them, and then you force them out of your memory. That's so, right. I don't want there's it to. No, there's no knife but mine. I don't want it to, uh, you know, mess up my, my considerations later on. I want everything to be a fresh consideration. That's right. Uh, yeah, my, uh, my youngest has taken a real interest in design, so I've been working with him. And uh, he will have three blades of his design on the dogwood table this year. And Robbie manipulated him into doing it into, out of 3V. What's wrong well, with and that? The, the reason I did that, Adam? Mm-hmm. It's because it was a really good design and deserved really good steel. Uh, I, I look at this kid, and he's a kid. I look at this child's design, and honest to Pete, I, did, I spent less time helping him tweak it, you know, giving suggestions, telling him this drop here will do that, and da-da-da. I spent less time helping him tweak his design to where he wanted it than I have professional knife makers on mm -hmm. some of their designs. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's got an eye. Uh, and he's now got a bone to pick with you. From all his grinding? Yeah, from his hand sanding. I didn't tell him to hand sand it. He needs Oops. to talk to the guy he's apprenticing under. <laughs> hey, That's... you got First you got to sweat, and then you'll appreciate what you learn. Right, right. No, some of it came from uh, somebody that's notorious for a little bit of rough steel. Mm. So even though I put it on the grinder for him and cleaned it up... There was still a lot of sanding, and uh, we he did a great job. And then it came out of the heat treat oven, and I, uh, you know, I tempered it back for him. Mm -hmm. But he's now understanding uh, that wear resistance is the same as machinability resistance. See, I'm going to tell him when he when I see him. Yeah, I'm gonna say, "Hey, man, you should have called me because I would have told you. Being these are your first knives to go public and all." Leaving some of that scale alone, leaving some imperfections in it, would have given it real character. It probably would have made them more valuable. I'm, it's a shame your dad made you work so hard. I waited till the second one before I mentioned that some of those knives look pretty cool with the forged scale on them. I bet. <laughs> Knowing what the design looks like, you know that they're kind of a bushcraft. They're definitely a woods knife. They're not. They're not a kitchen knife. They're not a you know an urban knife. They're definitely a woods knife. And a little bit of scale on those would look really cool. Yep. So we're gonna do uh, we're gonna do two hand sanded because I'm a jerk and I thought it was funny to watch him hand sand for five <laughs> hours. Mm. Well, so nice. And he's doing uh, Karenite on one and bamboo on two. I'm betting one of the bamboo ones. Uh, I'm betting there there's a chance two of the bamboo ones never make it to show day opening. Yeah. I mean, as far as being sold, they can sit on the table. Yeah, I'm I'm a little torn to 
to have somebody straw buy one for me mm-hmm. so I can wrap it up and put it on the shelf. And, you know, 15 years from now, I can show him what his first knife was. You can borrow mine. Because <laughs> <laughs> well, me uh, and the guy that's he, riding he does, He doesn't me. listen to the podcast, does he? Um, actually, he sometimes does with his mom. Uh, oh, well. Yeah, go ahead. There goes that plan. Uh, I just... <laughs> I'll tell him that I said some bad words, and he's not allowed to listen to this one. Okay. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Well, I think it's going to wrap it up. We, we went a little over today, but we had so much with the uh, the Baltimore conversation. And I don't apologize for that, you know. It just That's just how I feel right now. Who knows? Hey, you had a lot of bile you needed to vent, and it happens sometimes. <sighs> yeah, it's 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 upsetting. I, you know, I will, I will say, uh, you know, I, 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 will, I will speak highly about in times of crisis, um, it, it does give the opportunity for for those honorable people to, to stand up and, and notice how amazing they are. There was some stuff going on that I was aware of. I really can't speak publicly about it, um, but the concern from you know to do the right thing from some people, you know, I, I did experience, which kind of you know was heartwarming. Uh, and, and and there's some stuff in the media too that you see you know kids walking around giving you know, bottles of water to some of the cops and some of the uh, protesters are actually making a wall to block off. I was about to comment on that. I read an article about a a group that formed a line in front of the cops. Yeah. And I mean, that's, that's, that's amazing too. It is. And like, I wish that that was more of the, of what more commonly happened. I wish that was um, so normal that it didn't stand out. Exactly, exactly. I mean, and I, and I go back to this example, um, you know, uh, Japan after the after the tsunami, and you had lines and lines of people, and everybody was was quiet and, and re- respectful and responsible as they were waiting to get aid and everything. Um, and it speaks very highly about their culture, and it speaks, and it speaks to a portion of our community that really needs to. You know, there's a problem there that needs to be identified, and, and there needs to be a, a way to constructively change it. Um, Step up their game. Yeah, and I, and I, you know, I, I don't know. I don't. It's easy to point fingers and blame, and I probably did it in the, in this in this conversation. I've that, never burned down a liquor store. I'm again. I, I, I've, I've never, you know, I've never burned down a liquor store either. Um. Um. You know, um. <laughs> <laughs> you know so, uh, but it, it's, but you know. And I'm not. I'm not trying to justify people's behavior. That's not. That's not what I'm trying to try, trying to do. But it's like, you know, you you do have to understand the problem to to find solutions. So I am trying to understand the problem as best I can, and it, it is a difficult task. But it just, at at the same breath, it, it, you know, sometimes maybe just you know, people just need to have the you know their clock clean, like that that young boy whose mom had to smack him on public television. Yeah, that's um, a mom that loves her kid. Hell yeah. Yes. Hell yeah. You know, sometimes loving somebody means, you know, calling them out on their crap and making them and holding them accountable. And I just I just had a conversation with with a, a loved one of mine, a family member of mine who uh, and I'm not going to get too much information now because there's some privacy stuff there. But, I, you know, I basically had to tell them, like, you know, you are being a a POS, you know, wake up. And, you know, if you want to continue as much as I love you, I, I love you enough to say that I don't have anything to do with you if you don't if you don't, you know. Do what you need to do. Hey, I'm going to tell it. I, I don't care. The fact that you tell your three-year-old that she either has to, you know, straighten up or get the hell out. <laughs> is, is, you know, I respect that about you, Adam. I mean, she is she is out of diapers now. Well, Come he, on. You know, the wife doesn't know about the three-year-old, so be careful, Robbie. 
No, I'm just joking. Yeah, my youngest is, is will be five soon. So, um, some of the some of the advice I wasn't going to use your real child's age. <laughs> <laughs> I, I care about your family, you know. Some of my dad's advice to me when uh, my first was born was, uh, he just said, "Son, if your kid never tells you that they hate you, you're not doing your job right." Yeah, yeah, I haven't, I haven't had that yet. I think Pam oh, it'll has, come. I think Pam has got that. <laughs> and, man, I, I distinctly remember Alex trying to provoke me, and he just stands me, sticks out his chin, and he goes, "I hate you." Yeah. Okay, son, I, I just want you to know I love you. Well, you know, and that got I, him furious. I don't have boys, but I, you know, I, some of my neighbors have boys and everything, and some of my friends have boys, and, it, and like it, it definitely is. Like I understand now why God gave me girls, um, because if I if I had boys, they you know I, I might <laughs> they might not have survived. <laughs> so God bless you, Dan. You know, ra- raising you, Dan Eastland is raising men. So bless you on that, and I and I wholeheartedly mean that. So, um, anyway. With that said, anything else before we uh, shut down for today, guys? You don't have to shed a tear for the compliment I just gave you, Dan. It's okay. I, 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 I'm, I'm sorry. I'm just, I need a moment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, Everybody truth... go see Age of Ultron this week. Oh, dude, yeah, we're going to go see it in uh, about seven hours. About yes, seven hours, uh, I'll be in the theater watching it. So I, I got I, a couple buddies of mine are going. I think my brother's coming down from D.C. He's in, he's going to see it with me. I've heard good things about it. Um, so, and uh, it'll be fun, man. It'll be fun. I, you know what? Uh, I, this is a little off topic, and I'm just going to go ahead and say it. If I need to cut this out of the podcast because we're out of time. Did you guys see that that uh, interview with Robert Downey Jr. when he walked out on that? Yeah. You know what, man? Uh-uh. This All is, right, so, so basically, basically, I mean, everybody knows that Robert Downey Jr. has had a bad You're going to take his side. I am going to take his side because, you know. Because he's rich and No, that's, not, that's and not what it is at got all. got a crush on him. He said something. Well, I mean, who doesn't? I mean, he's just <laughs> those dreamy eyes of his. Uh, he's, he said something a while back. Uh, I mean, this is many years ago, and I don't even know. He's like, you know, it says something about this town, talking about Hollywood, that this is just the common place that people have these addiction, these problems. Like, you know, that, that town kind of chews you up and spits and spits you out. And I don't want to get into his political or whatever. But I, I do think that, you know, he, he was very – he was not rude to the gentleman. He just said, you know, basically, you know, the guy, they were talking about Ultron and everything like that. And, and you know, all of a sudden he started diving into the, the parallels between okay, – you know, Wait a minute. First of all, who is he? The, the interviewer, this British interviewer. Okay, and this is a TV interview. This is a this is a TV interview. Okay, and they're, and they're talking about the movie, and then all of a sudden he kind of changes the conversation to the uh, you know his the interviewer pat, does the interview yeah changes the conversation to about his past and his incarceration and whatever and like at one point you can see the the uh, the conversation taken and even Rob Dodge he's like well you know let's are we doing what are we doing here is this about the movie. And then the guy proceeds, and like you know, Robert Downey Jr. stands up and says, "All right, you know, I'm done. You got, you know, thanks, but you know, I'm, this is not what I'm here for." And he was aggravated too, because I mean, you know, this is a this is a movie that is, you know, it's not like they're talking about a big political, you know, a big, uh, you know, drama that's focusing on addiction or anything else. We're talking about a comic book movie, and I just thought it was kind of rude, and like you know, you know, people change, people you know grow older. You know, I don't think that everybody needs to constantly go back and their face has got to be shoved into the mistakes that they've made, especially when they turn their life around. And But we love to tear people down that way, don't we? But that's a perfect example of the interviewer had the choice. He went that way. Uh, he got a warning to back off. Mm-hmm. He kept pushing it. So the interview was over. Yeah. I mean, it's, 
Have a nice day. I'm not. I'm not upset with with Robert Downey Jr. for any, ending the interview. I thought that was perfectly appropriate. I think he handled it well. You know. And that but, he handled. Yeah, the fact that he handled it correctly. Yeah. Don't have a tantrum. Just okay. We're yeah. done. Yeah. What What were you gonna say, Robbie? Did you disagree? I just wish that every interviewer from now. Who he answers that interviewer's questions <laughs> just starts repeatedly asking him the same questions. You think you think that's appropriate? I think that when you make your fortune being in the public eye, mm-hmm. and I mean fortune, I mean those people have money I will never know, mm-hmm. and you then make yourself a bigger spectacle, which makes you more popular. By being a douche and having, uh, you know, all these public problems. Mm-hmm. If your problems are that public, don't be upset when people ask you about the problems. Yeah, but what's the shelf life on that, dude? The shelf life is as long as you're making fame and fortune, as long as you're making fortunes off your fame. He's not making fortunes off his fame. He's making fortunes off the work that he does that people are willing to go see. And. Why did he become so popular? Because he did a good job on part, you know, uh, portraying yeah. a, a, a character and made a billion helped helped launch a billion dollar industry with the with the Marvel, um, you know, Marvel Marvel Cinematic Universe. It's I'm of the position position that the the interviewer can ask any question he wants. Yeah. But just as there's there's consequences for everything one does. If you want to ask him a question that he's not willing to answer, he's just going to get up and leave. So eventually, it'll either harm him because he's not being interviewed anymore, or interviewers will realize they're just not going to get a story. Yeah. Well, and and for the record, I do appreciate the way he handled it. If he wasn't going to, he, he could have gotten angry mm-hmm. and all that. I yeah. give him credit for that. Mm-hmm. Hey, you know, he handled it like a grown up. I, I still think he should have just answered the man's questions. I don't even know what the questions were. I mean, he 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 did, you know. No, he he, he did. He ask him about hookers and blow, or I mean, he, he he basically said, "I can't answer to what I was thinking back then because I'm a different person." No, that that excuse don't. That fly that's with no me. no that that's not that's not what he said. That, I mean, that's paraphrasing. Um, <sighs> For the was, love of God, I really thought we were wrapping this up, guys. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, I didn't think we were gonna do another forty-five minutes on make-believe. <laughs> hey, man, don't don't be talking bad about the comic book make-believe. That's our modern-day mythology, buddy. <laughs> right, hey, we are uh, we are we are gonna end end it there. We'll we'll continue this off air, Robbie. <laughs> uh, yeah. hey, somebody here has got knives to make. Yeah. Well, hey guys, thanks for uh, tuning in for another episode of the Equip Door Podcast. Uh, you can email us any questions or comments at podcast at equiptendoor.com. Make sure you guys go check out the website at www.equiptendoor.com. Some great stuff. Just finished a series uh, Madison Parker did in regards to how to make a self bow. He went through all the uh, the uh, aspects of carving it out to backing it to uh, doing making the string for it, and then went out and did some test shots. So very cool stuff. And uh, check that out. Also, we got a bunch of stuff go- coming from um, James Montana. Uh, the bush bum out, out in uh, actually the jungle bum correction out in uh, in Southeast Asia and actually James just got a new camera and a new wireless mic in the mail yesterday 
So uh, he will be uh, producing some even better quality videos in regards to the quality of the filming. He, the material's already been amazing. So check that out as well. And then, of course, uh, we just did a video. We kind of touched on some of the topics here about, about uh, you know, survival blades and, and kind of my uh, theory and the evolution of what I like in regards to survival blade that's on YouTube as well. So, guys, make sure you check out the website and uh, become a member. Sponsor some great stuff coming down the pipe, including some additional uh, giveaways that we're doing. And uh, we'll see you real soon. Uh, anything else, fellas? That was the best conversation video you've done in two years. Thank you, sir. I appreciate that. I, I felt else. I, I felt like you know I, I had to come out and you know I had to step back into the real world. <laughs> All right, you guys take care. Be safe out there, and remember, if you're not always prepared, you're never prepared.